It seems like everyone's got a new office space, and restaurant and bar owners aren't happy about Louisville's noise ordinance. We'll talk about that and more next on Access Louisville. Thanks for joining us. My name is Haley Coffin, and I'm filling in for our regular host, David Mann. Today on the show, I'm joined by Ellie Tolbert. Hi. And Michael Jones. How are you doing out there? Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news along with plenty of sharp opinions on what's happening here in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, So I think we're going to start at offices because I feel like almost every newsletter I sent out this week had a new office story in it. That's what it felt like. So I was trying to count up, Ellie, how many offices that you've written about in in recent weeks, in recent days, and there were four that came to mind. So just walk me through everybody who's got a new office space. So yeah, so I wrote about four new offices this week. Um, it One was uh, GLI, which they moved into PNC Tower. Um, another was Lemonade PR. They have a new space in Butchertown, and this is their first standalone space. They used to be at the same, like, work the metal building, Butchertown Market. Um, and then another one was Messer Construction, which just opened their new space. And then the last was Moonbase Tango, which is a multimedia video production company. Um, and they definitely had, I got a chance to see their office. I only saw two of the four in person. Um, but theirs was very cool. It was, you know, space themed. And so it kind of was made to look like the moon and the space station and all this stuff. Um, well, if they have a name like Moonbase Tango, then I feel like they kind of have to have a cool office. Like it's written in the bylaws of naming yourself Moonbase Tango. <laughs> right. You can name yourself Moonbase Tango and then have gray walls. Um, yeah, no, a their cubicle, walls. Cubicle hell. <laughs> right. Their walls literally look like space, um, which was really cool. But they, and they were just like a cool company too, because they, uh, I mean, they were just wanted to have fun because, you know, creating media is something that's supposed to be fun. And that was kind of their um, like outlook on what they do. So, so that was a cool one, but all of them look great. Like they all look very nice. You went to GLIs, right? I didn't go to GLIs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Other I, people, <laughs> I think David and Shay um, on our team both went and I for some reason thought that you went as well. No, we, they gave the story to us as an exclusive. And so, um, I was able to just talk to uh, their CEO, Sarah Davisher Wisdom, on the phone, just kind of to hear a bit about it. And then our photographer went over there a little bit early. And then Shay and David went to, um, like, attend their grand opening ceremony. But by the time that they had the grand opening, our story had already run because they were hoping we could get it out early. So Yeah. Um, So what was the other office that you saw in person? And I got to go to Lemonade PR's office. Oh, okay. Yeah, and theirs was... Uh, just, they have a very, um, just like nice aesthetic. Like it's very bright and very Instagram worthy space. Yes. And their space totally reflected that, um, which was kind of on purpose because they're another media. I mean, they're a PR company, but they do a lot of influencer marketing and helping brands, um, in on social media spaces and things like that. So they had space to be able to take or create content, like take photos and take videos and all that type of stuff. So they needed the nice lighting and the nice backdrops and all of that to be able to do that. So 
Well, and one of their co-founders is an influencer herself. Um, Danielle, she runs Lou What Wear on, mm-hmm. um, I follow her on Instagram and she has like several thousand followers and posts oh. like cute outfits and that kind of thing. That's so awesome. she, she know. probably knows all about like what to post. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, probably. I didn't know that, which but that makes sense because her outfits were also very cute. So were Lindsay's, Lindsay Traeger is the other founder. Um, so very cool. Um, so I don't know if this is like st- something that we can talk about, but I feel like it's maybe known by our sources that we've been meeting with, but we're moving um, from one building in downtown Louisville to another building. Um, and they're updating the space that we're moving into at 500 West Jefferson. So I thought since we were talking about offices, we could all like share something that we thought we'd like to have in our office and our in our future space. So um, who wants to go first? Well, I would say a little more privacy because <laughs> we have these cubicles now and sometimes you got to find a private space to record an interview. I still remember back in the day where like I take all of my calls at my desk and I don't know how I did that because after the pandemic now I can't like hear myself think if like there are more than one one conversations going on in the newsroom so I could see that like more um more options to like be just in a room by yourself (laughs) I have I got to tour some because 500 West Jefferson recently underwent a renovation and their entire fourth floor is kind of an amenity floor now. So they have like a bourbon lockers and a little bar area and like this little um, greenscape terrace and a fitness room. And it's really nice. So I'm really looking forward to the terrace because um, like you can go and work outside there while still being in the building um so i'm looking forward hopefully to hopefully like, op- be on wi-fi <laughs> yeah hopefully there's wi-fi there i i mean as you would you would assume so <laughs> I, yeah i think most people i talked to said like that's an option to be able to work outside um but just having options I, that's one thing about working from home that's nice is like you can work i've you know i can work at my desk or i can work at my kitchen table or i could work you know outside or something like that when when you're in the office every day it's just kind of the same space and sometimes we try to get away from our desk and sit on like this that little couch but it's still not that far from your desk it's like two steps away yeah two steps Um, away closer to the bourbon bar i guess if you're into that (laughs) that nobody uses (laughs) no no one is in there drinking bourbon um very often if at all um If, if that were the case our stories would probably make less sense um, <laughs> or more sense depending on that's who true. you're talking to that's true but but yeah more like flexible workspaces to where you're not like chained to a desk all the time that does yeah. sound nice yeah. yeah i do like that 500 west jefferson has a coffee shop though yeah yes. barista parlor we lost is, ours yeah, yeah we had heine brothers in our building um for what the first well three i've been here four and a half years they moved out what last year yeah um so this year we've all just been like oh we have to walk down the street to get coffee (laughs) to walk to pnc tower which there is one at the bottom of pnc tower which is even though like 500w is closer to pnc tower so even if if we want honey brothers again i mean barista parlor i haven't had it i've heard it's okay or good i don't know but (laughs) honey brothers is close by (laughs) My only complaint with Barista Parlor is it's a little expensive. But yeah. yes, coffee in the building 
especially this winter when, you know, it's going to be super cold. <laughs> we'll be glad to have that, I think. Yeah. Um, but for me, I was trying to think of like cool amenities that I've seen in offices around town. And I think like instead of I know we're bringing our bourbon bar with us. That's the plan. Um, I would like more of like a beverage bar, though, and not that could be non-alcoholic, like, I don't know. I'm thinking like a soda fountain with like candy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or even just like, I mean, I've been to plenty of offices where they, they keep it stocked with like focus or just like things like, or, you know, yeah, drinks that are not alcoholic, that are not water that, and maybe not even soft drinks. Like maybe it's just other types of tea or things like that. Yeah. To your, to your point, Ellie, we do have stuff in our break room, um, including an automatic vending machine of M&Ms, but I want like 10 of those <laughs> with yeah. different things um, because you never know when like that little bit of sugar is going to help you finish out your day. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I even just like an excuse to like get up and walk somewhere because yeah. we sit at our desk for so long and especially sitting there like typing my hands are tired and sometimes you just especially if I wear my Apple watch so off that's the worst because my Apple watch will be like, like why did you up. stand up in four hours <laughs> stand up. Like, you know what Apple watch I'm gonna go get M&Ms right now <laughs> yes I'm, this is not what Apple intended but we're gonna go <laughs> get some M&Ms <laughs> um but let's move on to our next topic which is a fun one um Michael you had this story this week on a retiring attorney who's started his own music and event venue so tell us a little bit about that yeah, uh, Patrick Michael, he is phasing out of Dinsmore and Shoal. Um, the way they do it is uh, you have a three-year or five-year plan, and each year you pass off more of your cases to a younger attorney. That way that they maintain business and, um, you know, have consistency. So he's in the last year of his life as an attorney. But uh, he and his wife built basically a music venue in the back of their home, and they call it the Hill House at Devil's uh, Backbone. It's near Iroquois Park in the Kenwood Hills neighborhood, and uh, they do like nine to ten shows a season from May to September. And so Patrick, before he was a lawyer, he studied acting and directing and it's grown into this thing where he has um, like video uh, uh, cameras, sound engineers, a floor director, and they're producing a YouTube channel. And actually students at UofL intern with them. That's awesome. So, so it's a membership based thing. Um, that and so they're finally they're opening up the membership to the public. So, so how did the Michaels? It's Patrick and Pam, right? Um, how did yeah. they get? How did they get involved in doing this? Because yeah. um, not everyone will, will look at their backyard and be like, you know what? I think <laughs> I think a stage <laughs> would go nicely there. So how did they start doing it? Uh, well, I should mention that these are my old neighbors. <laughs> so this is uh, how I, I knew about it. So um, the Michaels had a, a neighbor who um, was in a nursing home for almost 20 years. And his house just sat empty and was falling apart. 
And uh, when he finally died, they were able to buy it and they had it torn down. And their idea, they always had like um, big parties and uh, each every year, Michael, uh, the Michaels would have like a party for Patrick's clients and the neighbors and the predators would play. But they they originally were going to just use this space as an overlook or our art studio. But the lead singer of the the Predators uh, said next year we're playing up there. And so they fixed it up so that the Predators could play. And then they just gradually got more and more shows. And uh, it was just like a subtle thing. But it, the first show was in 2015. And then... Uh, it became like a first it was just something for neighbors and their friends and then it was a private club and now you know it's a full-on music venue so it's a membership-based um music venue though so they have some prominent members that you named in your story and from what i heard just on the the feedback that you were getting from them there's a lot more people interested in getting memberships now um after the yeah. story came out so so who's involved in like what's the feedback you've gotten um okay since then? well Ka- kathy dystra um of the family scholar house is a friend of theirs and has been a member since the beginning and like i said it's members and their friends and nicole george who is deputy mayor uh, she used to be the councilman for the district. So that's how politicians started coming. And so at the last show that I went to, actually, uh, David James, the deputy mayor, was there. Morgan McGarvey, the congressman. Uh, candidate for uh, Pam Stevens, a candidate for attorney general. And since the story has come out, They've gotten a lot of requests for memberships, and I even have people who I haven't talked to in years sending me like messages, like, like how do I get you, in? Yeah, <laughs> can you get me into this? Yeah, so, I I love that. Michael Michael is the gatekeeper <laughs> for the music venue now. For yeah, the literally, someone that I hadn't talked to in twenty years. Says sends me a message on Facebook like, "How do I get into this devil's backbone thing?" <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, and that just shows like I know you share it on your personal Facebook, but I mean that story was probably one of our most read stories this week. If I go back and look at how many clicks it got on our site, but yes, it's a good story. So if you haven't checked it out, um, LouisvilleBusinessFirst.com, and I think it'll be in print um, yeah, next, next week, week is my is what I was told. But um, speaking of music, a lot of people are upset about this new noise ordinance that Metro Council passed. So could you get us up to speed with what's happening there? Yeah, so it's a zero tolerance uh, policy that the alcohol and beverage control is enforcing now. So if um, someone makes a complaint about a club or um, any any venue that has a liquor license, then uh, ABC will check. And if you can hear the music or whatever 50 feet from the establishment, they can get a, a 200 or two twenty five hundred dollar fine. <laughs> 
uh, the first time, like no warning necessarily. And club and restaurant owners are losing their minds. (laughs) Well, when you think about $2,500, I mean, and the restaurant business has real thin margins anyways. So, um, you know, that's probably all of their savings to to pay that fine if they get fined. Um, But... Oh, and the city had, like, kind of pushed it as a public safety thing. Like, you know, (laughs) we're going to make them be quieter and somehow there's going to be less violence. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about next was what the argument was for a noise ordinance. Like if there were a lot of neighbor complaints or what was going on. But um, I had read in your story that, you know, they're trying to curb violence that happens, you know, late at night um, and try to get people, I guess, to stay home. Not sure. Um, so it, it's ironic you have people pushing bourbon <laughs> and drinking bourbon all the time, and then they're worried about drunk people being violent. But yeah, you know that's our city. <laughs> like I feel like you can't have these two competing cultures of like drinking culture and like also not wanting like live music or, you know, people to be having fun (laughs) late at night (laughs) in this, in the drinking culture. But it brings me to my next question, which was, I I was just going to open it up um, to us because there's arguments about bars even being able to stay open until 4 a.m. A lot of late night workers, service industry people will go to the bars after they get off at like midnight. Um, Uh So you know, I think my perspective has changed since I've got older because I used to be one of the people closing the bar down and mm-hmm. looking for an after hours club. Yeah. And now that I'm older and, you know, I lived in the Highlands for a while and I'm used to waking up to bottles in my yard or, you know, even drunk people sleeping in my yard. So I can understand some of the frustration. But, um, you know, even though I probably am not never out after 10 anymore, um, I still appreciate that it's there. And like we talked about before, we're a tourism town. And if you're on holiday, you're going to want to, you know, have a good time. It seems like we're getting a lot more bachelor, bachelor and bachelorette like parties that are coming through Louisville, maybe people who think that Nashville is too expensive (laughs) um, to go do it there or doing it here. Yeah, no, I I was thinking about it because, well, I mean, I've heard this has been going on for a while, the whole like noise complaint thing. And like, I think WDRB had a story a while back about like neighbors feel so unsafe in the Highlands. And I just have been thinking about like, do I feel unsafe? And maybe also this is like a different perspective. Everyone has a different perspective, but I personally would feel less safe if there was less people out and about like and maybe that's a weird thing but like I mean you know I'm young I go out late at night on Bardstown Road and if there was like less people walking up and down the street if I was like alone on Bardstown Road at midnight like I would feel so much less safe than I do when there's a lot of people like walking from bar to bar or like walking back to their home in the highlands or whatever you know what I mean I personally like don't I'm never really woken up by noise. I live on a second floor, so maybe that makes a difference. I also live, though, in a, like, I live right off Bartstown Road. Like, I can see 
the people walking up and down, like people park in front of my house to go to a bar on Bartsmore Road. I think it's less about people getting woken up and like calling and saying, hey, we can't sleep. It's more like people who are concerned about crime um, being elevated during those hours, I guess. Uh, my um, story was about the Louisville Hospitality Association forming where these bar and restaurant owners are saying they're being scapegoated for uptick in crime Mm -hmm. that they say, you know, this isn't actually happening in their bars. Yeah. That makes sense. And in addition to the, um, the restaurant and bar folks that are forming this um, hospitality group, you said that there's another group of like musicians that are meeting up. Yes, MRF is uh, um, an organization that helps uh, musicians in need, and they had a town hall meeting on uh, Thursday uh, night, um, and uh, they are saying, you know, this is threatening our livelihood because people are probably going to stop booking uh, bands late at night, you know, or uh, go to something like uh, just music or whatever. I don't know. But uh, I'm actually doing a follow-up. I'm going to meet with the president of Murph on uh, Monday. Okay. Um, but I think that wraps it up for, for this week's show. But before we sign off, let's go around the virtual room here and share where our audience can find us on social media. Ellie, I'll start with you. You can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Eleanor Tolbert, and on X under BFLU Eleanor. Michael, what about you? I am on um, LinkedIn under my name, Michael Jones, and I'm on X at BFLU Michael. And people can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Haley Cawthon, or on X at BFLU Haley. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to Access Louisville on popular podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Google Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. We're We're also looking for a sponsor if you really, really like this podcast. So if you're interested in that, please contact David Mann. Um, he will be back next week for sure. Um, you can reach him at dman at bizjournals.com. Thank you, Ellie and Michael. And thank you guys for listening at home. And we'll see you next time. Bye.